episode of Sluts and Scholars is brought to you by Balesa.co. Balesa is an empowering adult entertainment website for women. Launched just a year ago, Balesa has quickly grown to become a premier destination in porn with millions of women around the world joining the community. So go to Balesa.co to see some steamy videos that prioritize female pleasure, read some of the best erotic fiction on the web, and read some articles that talk about sex, relationships, and female health. Thanks to Balesa.co. Want to hear more? Follow us on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Sluts Scholars, or check out slutsandscholars.com. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars, where we talk smart and fuck smarter. I'm Simone. And I'm Nicol- Nicoletta. What? <laughs> and this week we have Jim Aneka, who has worked in mental health for the last 10 years, uh, which is where she saw the need for sexual education and sexual trauma support. This has led to her passion for assisting and supporting those that are sexual assault survivors and those without access to comprehensive sex education. Jiminaka's compassion and passion for these populations Mm. have pushed her to continue building safe spaces for clientele, sharing education, and supporting their mental spaces. She's also a comprehensive sex educator, grades K through 12, the Director of Education for Survivor and Ally Support for the organization More Than No, which you can hear our episode of with Bitsy LeBourbon as well. And she's a consultant for TV, film, and radio who hopes to bring a healthy perspective on sex and surviving trauma into everyone's homes. Welcome. Welcome. I always sound so much cooler on paper than I am. Oh, I like it, though. No, keep keep You do sound very cool. Thank you. Well, I think it was great. And we met you at the adult video... Expo, right? AVN. For dinner? Right, Is that what AVN. it's called? Yeah. The AVN. Yeah. Adult Video AVN Network. Expo. Adult Video News. Adult Video Network. Whatever. whatever. AVN Expo. Yes. You came to stuff. our, you came so to we our know your Sluts and Scholars Din. Yeah. Which was so fucking it awesome. Was. I was like, look at these lovely humans yeah. and food. It was pretty rad. Also, you just launched your own podcast, Cute and Black. Yeah. What can people expect from Cute and Black? Um, You can expect for two cute black women to talk about all the scary things that most Black culture knows about but doesn't talk about. Ooh. Oh my God, we're becoming the same person more yeah, and more. Yeah, we keep doing okay. that. But that sounds really awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yay. So I'm excited. I'm fucking pumped. Thanks. I'm so excited to listen to it. Um, I want to get right into it. Do so it. So you work a lot in sexual trauma and surviving and thriving and all of that. And we've had a lot of listeners message us about um, having survived sexual trauma either as a child or even recently, and then being in a new relationship and figuring out how to navigate your history of sexual trauma with your new partner um, and kind of, or even just doing it on your own while still wanting to have sex in a happy and fulfilling way, which is a really big question. Um, So I'm just curious if we can start the conversation in that direction. I I would love to know first, what do you think about the words victim, survivor, and thriver. Because I feel like sometimes when I've said it to clients or said it to people, people are like, oh, you know, I hate, they just don't like the words used. Like they don't maybe associate with them or they find them to be like too cheesy. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I I like the word survivor um, personally, but I do note that everyone's different and some people hear words differently. Like you could say one thing to me, you'd be like, oh, it's fine. And I'll be in my head like, no, that sounds terrible. It sounds like I'm like the worst person ever. So I like the word survivor because it's like you champion through and like you're still here and still standing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I like thriving also. Like 
Because we're not just surviving. We're yeah. doing more than and that. And you're continuing on and still being like, this thing happened to me, but it's not all of who I am. Mm-hmm. So I like, all, uh, yeah, I like those more so than like victim because victim is just like so harsh. But sometimes, again, in certain spaces, like in a courtroom, sometimes I'm like victim makes it sound a little more serious right. and like people can be more held accountable for like, serious words. Mm-hmm. And like you Have said, you, if it's, oh, go ahead. I'm just curious if you've noticed, um, you know, with, with clients or patients, um, people might initially identify as victim and then more embrace the word survivor or even vice versa and really not want to take on the mantle of survivor and really think of as a victim. Does that does that conversation ever I happen? I think before even victim or survivor, they don't want to be addressed as anything mm. because it's like, once you sometimes put a label on something, then mm-hmm. it's real. And it's also defining. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I would think. I mean, I think that's part of the work is to, at least for me, to take it away from defining someone as the definition and to say that this is something that is like a part of your life, but it mm-hmm. doesn't fully define you as a person yeah. and all the other things you can do and are mm-hmm. capable of. Yeah. Because it happened to you. It's not all of you. Like, right. we all have different chapters in our lives. Like, I am personally a survivor. But it's, that's how I choose to identify as a survivor because it was like a thing and I took that stupid trashy shit and I utilize it to help other people that can't figure out how to possibly maneuver or like mm. find the support that they need. Was it challenging to get to the place where you felt like you could help other people? Um, I think for me, it's always been like just within me to help people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I always, well, I used to say like I'm a child of trauma like, my mother was murdered when I was a baby by my sperm donor. Oh. And, like, they found me with her body. Like, they found me, like, next to her body. So it's like, oh my God. I kind of started out going through some yeah. rough shit. Seriously. That's a lot. And so I'm like, well, that made me be like, okay. I Then I was like, oh, my God, I've watched Law & Order SVU. I'm going to do criminal things. And I was like, oh, burnout Do you rate. find that you can watch it and enjoy it knowing that this happened to you? Um, I don't know about enjoy it, but like people like are squeamish and I'm like, I want to know more. Mm. Like crime stuff. I'm like all about it. I love documentaries about like scary things and like gangs and violence and trauma. And people are like, I just can't. But again, that's like all survivors can't look at that kind of stuff Mm because that can be like more triggering for me. I'm Mm -hmm. like, for me, it's like, I want to learn like the way the brain works to get to being like a perpetrator. Yeah. And I noticed that I you that. called the perpetrator your sperm, the sperm donor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing it wasn't because they were necessarily the sperm donor, like in a scientific sense, but that you don't consider them obviously a parent or a father. So right. you've decided to call them a sperm donor because oh, that's all that they that's are. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know anything about that person. Uh, they sent me a letter. Really? Last. And were they year. incarcerated? They're still, still. Um, they've been on death row since I was one. Wow. I will be 31 next month. That's a long time. That's a long ass time. Fucking, I'm so wow. sorry, uh, Vegas taxpayers. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he sent me a letter and was like, hey, this thing happened. Sorry about that. Like, no, you like murdered. You like changed my whole life. Like, there's no sorry Wait, about hey, that. Wait, hey there, this thing happened, meaning like, I murdered yeah, your mother. Like, sorry about that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping it was like a little better than that in the letter. No. Mm-mm. That's so interesting. Yeah. So utilizing like those things to like refocus <laughs> us, um, being able to do that, I was like domestic violence. And I was like, yeah, domestic violence is, you know, there's a thing, but there's also like so many other things. Cause like domestic violence, like I didn't feel as connected to, which I thought I would like, yes, I'm still like advocating and doing the work, but like I got kicked out of school in my first school. Cause apparently you're supposed to go to class. <laughs> 
instead of have sex all night. Who would have thunk it? And Wait, was, in, how, how old? How old? Uh, well, no, it was college. So oh, okay. Like, yeah. I thought, because you said school, so I was yeah. thinking younger. No, my first college, well, whatever. Then I found Jesus and went back to school. Um, but, like, I got kicked out of school, and I was like, this, like, you know, I had super anxiety. It wasn't what I was supposed to be doing anyway, and I was like, what do I need to do? Like, I became a sexual assault advocate. So I was like the person in the hospital rooms as you're getting your start kit mm. and like retelling your story. And I was like, this is the best thing I've ever done. Can you explain what a start, yeah, start kit Boom. is? We are also on the same page. Love it. Yeah. So a start kit is what the medical technicians do. So it's where they are collecting any type of data from your body, from your clothing after the assault. Um, and normally they want to do it as soon as possible, mm. at least within 24 hours, 48 hours max, um, because the sooner they can get all the information, the better that they can to do process it. Right. right. Okay, so you were in there like helping people go I'm, through that experience. I'm sitting there as they're retelling their story and as the doctor's giving them like their bodily exams, if, mm. you know, their vulva owners, like getting a vaginal kit, like all the swabs and taking their clothing and like going through, like, retelling and rehashing, like, probably one of the scariest things that's yeah. ever happened to them. And you're just in the room supporting them. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. I, I do similar work with abortions. Oh, do you? I'm an abortion doula. It sounds like you're almost like Yeah, a, you're a sex trauma like, doula. You're like a sex trauma doula. I was doula, trying to like figure a out a verbiage doula. for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. That's probably incredibly valuable and not something— it's another sort of instance where— um, you think like, sure, you can just do this on your own, whatever, but actually no. And it's very meaningful to have another person mm-hmm. who is an advocate and like empowering you to like say, hey, I need a minute or mm-hmm. I want to pause or don't touch me yet or something like that. Well, there's this other group. I don't know if you've worked with them, but we should definitely figure out how to collaborate the violence intervention program. Have nope. you heard of them? Um, so <clears throat> something that they talked a lot about was that, you know, a lot of people who do these kits or at least did these kits at the beginning it was, it's so clinical. It's so yes. medical. And so people coming in often didn't have their a new change of clothes. They only had the clothes that they were assaulted in. They didn't have underwear. And they were getting put in these like clothes, inappropriate clothes that weren't fit, that weren't comfortable, having like nothing. And that that's kind of re-traumatizing, yeah. right? To be in that space, to tell your story, to go through this clinical shit, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. They're like, all right, where are you going? You're like, I, like, you're no still idea. spinning. Yeah. Like, because you've already had the trauma happen and then you're retelling it mm-hmm. to someone else. And as you're retelling it, someone's also like swabbing all your body parts and like touching mm. the areas that you were just like traumatized in. So, what did you notice was the biggest, I don't want to say mistake that doctors made? Cause I'm hearing that maybe they have to get the evidence to, mm-hmm. you know, convict somebody. But mm-hmm. like, what did you notice the doctors do that like was not great that they could improve on? I think that it's it's so impersonal. Yeah. Like, it really is. Like you said, it's very medical. And they're like, okay, we're going to do this now. Like, yes, they talk you through. It's kind of like a gynecological exam. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we've, you know, they're not fun. And they're right. just like, put your feet up on the stirrup. Like, I'm going to do this thing. Scoot, scoot down. Scoot. Tell me your story. Like, it's not, like, warm. Mm-hmm. And so what do you do? For me, I'm like, let me know what you need. Mm. And, like, for me, like, whenever I, I get into that space, like, my voice changes. Mm. I get into, like, I what I call, like, my meditation voice. Mm. And I'm like, what do you need? Yeah. Like, you tell me if something happens, would you like me to hold your hand? Like, do you need a signal? Do you need, like, a word? Mm. Like, and it's even, like, in, like, the BDSM world, like, a safe word. Like, do you need just one word? If you can't say anything else, do you need, like, one word for me to know? I want to, like, shut it down or something. Yeah. That's so incredible. That's really 
amazing work. And I think one thing that I'm taking from what you're telling me is even if um, I or whoever's listening like don't necessarily volunteer in that space, like even if you just know somebody or a friend who is assaulted, like that's a very good, instead of saying it's going to be okay or whatever, just like saying, what do you need? Yeah, I always I'm tell here. people to do that. Like listen to listen and don't listen to respond. Because mm. people are always like, oh my God, that's so crazy. That happened. Okay, now you should do, like, no, 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 no. Like, you don't know what they need right now. Yeah. Like, well, that was, I was what I was going to ask next to is, like, it's great if someone is in touch with themselves enough to express what they need. Mm-hmm. But I think something I've noticed, whether it was with clients or friends um, who have been assaulted, they're like, I don't know what I need. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what to ask for, yeah, like what, happen- ask. Yeah, what yeah. happens next, like mm-hmm. when can I get over this? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know. I, I wonder if there's things that we can, not like go-tos, but, but like what are you doing? Or yeah, recommend- when they don't like, know. Would you like this? Would you? Um, I've been talking about this a lot with like my therapist friends. And it's like when someone is such in like a traumatic and like heightened state, like don't ask them like in-depth questions where they need to explain things like, would you like an apple or an orange. Like, give them just, like, a two simple options. choice. Yeah, give them simple os- options that are, like, yes, no. Like, not, like, okay, so yesterday this thing happened, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, don't, you know, give them too much. Like, mm-hmm. they're already in overload. Like, give them simple things. Like, simple verbiage that they can respond simply. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't offer too much at one time. And, like, it's kind of like when I tell people, like, when you're having sex or, like, consent. Like, pay attention to people's body signals. Like, if they're just, like, slumped over, like, maybe give them a second. Yeah, like, and just be there with them. Just be present. And people Hold don't space. understand holding space and being present is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's that's really important for people to be like, well, I want to do this thing. I need to. But it's why, not about you. It's not about you. Why do you think that that's what needs to happen? It's really about picking up on on cues. Um, y- you mentioned... Um, I, I am interested, so, so this is like stuff that happens in like the aftermath of, like immediate aftermath of assault. But I am curious in some of the more um, longer term things, mm-hmm. and obviously not all survivors are the same and have the same reactions, but I'm curious um, to perhaps normalize some things for some people who might be survivors and, and also wanting to have um, fulfilling sex lives as well. What are the kind of some of the most common things you encounter um, with people you work with or that you know of with people who are survivors of sexual assault who are trying yeah. to have happy sex lives? I think, you know, I think for me, like reconnecting with your sexuality is really important. And people are like, well, why aren't you having sex yet? Because that shit's hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you know, your body changes. Like you may not like the same things. And so like I always talk about like reconnecting with your own sexuality. Like you may used to been like to get tied up and now you're like, Actually, no, that's really a lot for me. Like, yeah. Or it changes from partner to partner what you mm-hmm. might like. Mm-hmm. So like even having like date nights with yourself mm. um, and like having your own like taster at home, be like, I used to like this. Let me try it out. I don't like that anymore. Like masturbation is really important. And people just think like masturbation is just have doing the thing and having an orgasm. Like, no, like there's also like you can just do like sensory touching on your body, like yeah. sensation touching, like what feels good, what doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Because I think it helps for you to empower yourself. So when you do like incorporate someone else into it, you can ask for the things that you need and ask mm-hmm. for the things that you actually like versus like, yeah, you like this thing. Okay, I guess we can try it. Like it helps you to advocate for yourself again. Yeah. Simone, were you asking about common um Things that people experience, though, when they're trying to get back into their yeah, sex life? I'm just I'm just thinking, yeah, like because sometimes I think people get 
I feel like we don't talk a lot about, or, or I don't personally know much about, like, what it's like to try mm-hmm. to, like, have sex again mm-hmm. after assault. And obviously it's not the same for everybody, but I, I would think especially if maybe you already are in a partnership and then an assault happens and you still want to be able to connect with your partner, just like things that, that happen to people when, and, and how to kind of say like that's a normal thing, that you're not the only person mm-hmm. who has been like, oh, don't, like I used to like to be tied up and I don't anymore mm-hmm. or something like that. Are there other things? I think sometimes people are like, I'm ready to do the thing but haven't, like, done the work, like, mm. still have more work to do. So they're doing the thing, and then they freeze. Or they yeah. dissociate and mm-hmm. aren't in their body. Yeah, and right. I think people should understand that that happens, that that's normal. Like, if you freeze, you know, maybe something came up that you didn't think was still, was like a trigger. Because mm-hmm. triggers can come in all forms. Right. Any, any like, of your five senses can lead to a trigger. And right. so that for people who don't know what a trigger is, that's something that that comes up that either, like, reminds you or, like, physically or emotionally brings you back to that time or feeling of mm-hmm. trauma. So, like, you know, I knew someone who had been molested by someone who used to drink a lot. And so when they heard, like, um, ice clinking or the in smell a glass of beer. or the smell of alcohol, that was something for them. Yeah. Um, like, it can really be, you know, it can be a song. It could be a sound. It could be a, a smell. Like, all these things. It could be a things. location or, yeah. like, that building looks like that one. T- yeah. Right. It can be anything. Or, like, a way of being touched. And when oh, you yeah. think Especially of, if it's an encounter. If or a position. If an encounter exactly. that started Positions. consensually. And that's what I'm yeah. saying. If you're, in like, in the act and you're like, oh, I didn't, I forgot this one position and I just freeze. Mm-hmm. I think also, like, I, I've been doing a lot more conversations about, like, how to be a good ally. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you support your partner? Yeah. I think checking in all the time. All the time. Like, you, you know, some people are like, ah, but checking in is really important to help how, that person. Can you model, like, good in like mid coitus checking in because I think people get like nervous about that and they don't want to like be like, taken out okay? of the moment. Yeah. Like, or to how feel to you... feel like submissive and be like, are you okay? Yeah. yeah. I mean it can even be like, would you like me to change positions? Mm-hmm. Is this position still good for you? Like yeah. would you like this faster or mm-hmm. slower? Mm-hmm. Like how or just like, hey, are you still good? You like this still? Like you can make it sexy. It doesn't have to be like, hey, this thing. You want me to keep doing it or no? Like, yeah, you can still make it like sexy and thing. Like, do you like this? Yeah, but like make it very. Yeah. Honest. Do you like <laughs> you like this? that? <laughs> do you like this? But also like being focused. Like, would you like this faster? Mm-hmm. Would you like it slower? So even like focusing that. Mm-hmm. Like we were saying, make it simple. Like, do you like the? Would you like it faster? No. Would you like it slower? And people be like, maybe I would like it faster. Like I haven't thought about that. Right. And also that helps that person to be in control again because. With trauma, like, you're not in control of that. Like, sexual assault, you're not like, yeah, this is, like, no. Someone right. did this thing to you without your consent, without your permission. Right. And you, like, lost it. Like, you yeah. didn't have that. Yeah, it's okay. getting their, your power back. Mm-hmm. Do you have any suggestions on how to have a conversation with your partner? Like a current partner? Like, a, yeah, a current partner. Yeah, like, I, if you're going into something yeah. and you're worried this is going to come up, yeah. how and when do you bring that yeah, up? Yeah, I guess I'm thinking of, like, two situations. One where you are a survivor of sexual trauma and you're seeing somebody new and you're looking forward to becoming intimate with them, but there's obviously still things going on. How do you have that conversation? Or if the assault happens in the middle of a partnership, how to, but those are separate questions. So let's do the first one. Okay, so if you are dealing with someone new, I always tell people, like, you don't have to disclose anything until you're ready to. Right. You don't owe anybody. You don't owe anything. anyone anything. But also take into account that they don't know anything about you. So you, yes. So they might be re-triggering you and not knowing it. Mm-hmm. And you haven't told them. Correct. So like being like, hey, there's these things. Like, or you don't even have to be like, I was assaulted. Be like, hey, can you just like check in with me? 
like, because consent is, like, real sexy to me or something. Like, it's kind of, like, how you make like it that. seem. Yeah, consent sex me. I love when people check in and ask me if I like this thing. Mm. Um, but but also knowing who you are and, like, what may trigger you. And, again, knowing that things may come up. And you can also be like, hey, sometimes when I'm in this position, it gets real bad for me. Like, it makes me uncomfortable. Or, like, being like, sometimes this happens to me. Like, if you know the thing. But also, I think the checking in. I think it's yeah. really important. Yeah. And if you're with someone long-term like, and you're comfortable with them and be like, hey, so I'm finally ready to do this thing and I am so comfortable with you and I trust you and everything, but also like, sometimes things come up for me and I may not always know how to handle them. So I just want you to be able to take care of yourself and also allow me to take care of myself. And can we check in with each other? Mm. Can we maybe have a word? Can you like check in and ask me if I like things, you know, faster or slower if I like this position or can you check in before we switch positions because like we were Mm. saying like different positions can be different triggers like and I think that's why for people listening who are maybe with someone who has had sexual trauma whether you know it or not Mm -hmm. um, knowing that someone who has had trauma or is having a flashback or a dissociating might freeze and that they might physically look like they're um I don't know, receiving pleasure or they might be getting wet or whatever, but just because they're silent, that doesn't mean that like ongoing consent is happening. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the importance of, of checking in um, to, yeah. you know, see if things are okay because they might not be able to respond yeah. in a place of trauma. Yeah. Definitely. And just something to, that I'm thinking of as well, um, and I'm sure both of you have more accurate information, but yes, you never know if whomever you're speaking with or fucking or whatever is a is a survivor of sexual trauma. But the likelihood is pretty high. Yeah. And so I would, it's, what is it, one in, one in three? One in three women, one in six men. And yeah. that's and only like the reported. probably higher for men, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And so, like, the, proceed as if. Proceed with caution. Perceive, pr- proceed with open-heartedness and love and warmth, recognizing mm-hmm. that, like, sexual trauma is very real and very frequent. And if somebody is disclosing that information to you to, like, Hold that information very carefully to receive it like very sweetly and to just do your best to like honor what it seems they're trying to express they need, even if it's not even necessary, even if they might not necessarily know super clearly, just being open to the processing and someone inviting you into that processing, I think is, I mean, not to make it about the partner as opposed to the survivor, but well, I think it's important to. I think to that's like a big that, compliment that someone's well, that willing to process that. Well, that traumatized too. by their partner's trauma mm-hmm. too. Oh yeah, I haven't yeah. even thought about that. So going into like the pleasure aspect of it, you call yourself a coach, is that right? Some, no, sometimes. Okay, well, in terms of like trauma and stuff, because I know that there's a, a difference. There's a okay, because there's a difference between maybe work with a therapist versus like coaching. Yeah. So I'm wondering, or supporting. yeah, or supporting. Like, what can people mm-hmm. expect if they're reaching out to someone with the expertise and work that you do? Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Um, what What would that do? I think for me, there's this is why I was doing working on my master's and marriage and family therapy. And I was like, nah, there's too many laws and rules. Yeah, I, I come up against that shit all the time. And that's why I did not. <laughs> um, I think with me, I'm able to like get like in there. Like you need me to advocate, like let me stand up. Like I don't have a license on the line, not in that space. Like I, if you need like someone to stand in court with you and like speak the truth, if you need someone to do like the, the harder work, I guess. If what I'm thinking of, like, if you need someone, like, on call, I can do that for you if that's how we're working. I know, like, there's less legality for me, like, in 
having to like check in with people and check on a licensing board. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like for me, I'm able to like really just be hands on more. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes like I know I, I was a cuddlist for a short brief time. Because I feel like sometimes contact is really needed. Like mm-hmm. sometimes people are like, oh, you can't touch your your clients, whatever. Sometimes people need fucking hugs. Yeah. And they just need to be held in that moment. Yeah. Are you not allowed to hug your clients, Nicoletta? Not really. I mean, it's sort of, it's like at the end of session, you can leave it open. And if they hug you first, you kind of do like a friendly hug. One arm only. Kind, kind of. I mean, I've I've hugged clients before, but it's definitely, it's not something... There have been times where someone is there and they are kind of asking for that. And it's difficult not to sit next to them and be like, I'm here for you. Like, would you like a hug? Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And that's something that's sort of, yeah, frowned upon or unethical mm-hmm. or has, mm-hmm. you know, borderline illegal things that you could get into trouble for, for like being too physical with a client. Like, it's very yeah. limiting. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like I can just be like, not that you're not like human about it because you, you know, you have your own work, but I can just be like, look, this is shitty. Like, what do you want to do right now? Right. Mm-hmm. How do people find you, and why do you think people seek out your support versus a therapist? Um, how do people find me? That's a good question. <laughs> um, I think more so because I, I've kind of, like, started, like, reaching out and, like, expanding in my sex educator world. Well, we want to tell our listeners how to find yeah. you. So. so, like, on my website, uh, sojim.com, people are like, what the hell is that? So it's sewjim.com, which is sex ed with Jim. Yeah. Um, and then now I am on an app called Juicebox. And so if you want to, like, have someone, like, directly, like, you can download the app. There's tons of, like, free questions on there. But if you want, like, someone, like, on call, be like, hey, girl, I need support. Like, you can just, like, shoot me a text and I can just, like, text back and forth with you for, like, it's, like, a super affordable fee. Wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. And do you find that your work is good in tandem with therapists or is it, like, an alternative, rather? Um, I think it's... I think it's great tandem. Like, I can't do all the psych work and, like, do all the stuff that Nicoletta can do. Mm-hmm. And I am limited in the things that I can do. Mm-hmm. And so that's I'm when I— am fucking winning right now. Yeah. <laughs> we should, like, delve into some of my trotinites. <laughs> that's another episode. We can if we want. But I think that's that's why it is important. And I, I've questioned, too, like, is coaching something that I'd rather do? Do I want to offer both? Because it is limiting. But I'm so grateful that there are— are people out there who I can refer to, yeah, like Jiminika, so mm-hmm. that they can get the hands-on work that some people need. And I think I've gotten frustrated with trauma because I think a lot of it is body healing. You know, like your body remembers. So even if you're not consciously aware of like a, you know, something that's happening or trauma response that's coming up for you, like your body remembers. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so you have to heal through the body, which is why sexuality, I think, is such a big part of of healing. Yeah. I just started uh, December working on my master's in health psychology. Um, And that is such a good focus for me, like working with survivors, because it's not just like, you know, like working on brain things. It's like working on like how your body reacts to things. Mm. Like even like certain foods can help relax certain things. And I was like, like, whoa. Like what? I haven't learned that part yet. That's the (laughs) class I actually am in right now. (laughs) Come back when you've learned it. I'll come back. Like what food do I need? I don't know. And let me get into that. But that's something that you can ask a coach too, right? Yeah. Or I guess a therapist as well. But like, you know, what are things holistically that can affect that? Um, Without giving it away or without people like reaching out to you and getting the full care and support, Um, Because it's important if you're going through this to definitely get the proper care and support. So don't use this podcast as just your only care and support. Though we appreciate you listening. (laughs) Um, Like what are some starter things that people can do to get back into their sexuality and their body? Mm -hmm. Um, I think, uh, 
again, figuring out like masturbation wise, like reconnecting with your body. Like sometimes I call it, what is like, what do I call it? Like date night or play night. Um, just laying at home and like setting the mood right. Like I always talk about and people laugh at me, like taking care of your star player. Um, like we are all You're our own star, star player. players. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And so instead of like being like, oh, well, so-and-so like, no, take care of yourself first. Like, I so- thought star player was like a euphemism for vulva. And I just got really, I like that. I mean, if you want you that to totally do. You can call your vulva star you sure player. Can. <laughs> you can. You apply it to whatever you want it to do. <laughs> anyway. Um, but like, yeah, take care of your star player. Like take yourself, like have a date night. Like yeah. set, like, set the mood. Candles, Light some candles. Take a bath. Yeah. <laughs> Like, do all that and then, like, get comfortable and be like, today, like, set an intention. Like, today I'm going to see what I like again or see what I don't like anymore. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe if you're scared of sex toys because some people are and, you know, it's for it's not for everybody. But, like, maybe try something like you haven't tried or maybe yeah. you have. Pull out one of your old favorites because sometimes we all have our old favorites. Oh, yeah. Pull that out. <laughs> I don't have to pull it out. It's out. <laughs> On the nightstand. It's like under my pillow. My cordless Hitachi <laughs> sleeps next to me now. So yeah, brilliant. Yes, a good cuddle friend. <sighs> Just knows me so well. Um, but like, have date night and test things out. Try something new. Like mm-hmm. before you try it out with a, a partner. Like get some ice and like rub it on your body. Get oh. like a warm towel and put it on your body. And then if you're ready to like venture down to your vulva, or your penis, or whatever, because all bodies can be assaulted. Mm-hmm. Um, before you get down there, like test test your nipples. Like see yeah. see different sensations. Yeah. Um, and like, is there like a timeline on this? Nah. In your opinion? No. no, there isn't. Right. I don't think so it at can, all. If, it can be, if you are in, it's, it's about kind of feeling when you're comfortable. So if you want to do that two days after go on you and if it takes you a year or two years to get there, also okay. Damn right. Yes. There is no timeline. I feel like sometimes when you have shitty partners that you should probably break up with, if they're like, you're not ready yet. Like I want to have sex now. I mean, I think people put that pressure on themselves too, right? Mm -hmm. Because they don't want to feel shitty anymore. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, how long is this going to take? And sometimes we need permission. And I'm giving you permission right now to take all the time that you need. Yeah. Because you're taking care of your star player. Yeah. And so it's again, like, if you're not ready to do the thing, don't do it. Like, you're allowed to not do it. Do you have any advice for how to maybe get ready if you're like kind of, if it's been a while and you're really aching to feel ready again? Mm -hmm. Um, even to just feel ready again to do the date night. Is there, do you have any recommendations for that? Um, I, this is my, where I'm Because I know so much is just like sit and wait and it'll come mm-hmm. or do the work. But like, what is the work that you can do? Yeah, so this is my, my woo and I'm not woo-woo, I'm just woo. Um, <laughs> and so like meditation, I think, like getting mm-hmm. mindful and like figuring it out. Journaling is really great. Like sometimes you have to get that out of your head yeah. and like put it onto paper and be like, oh God. That's what it is. Maybe just sit and talk to yourself, like maybe in a quiet space where people aren't like staring at you like, oh, no, she's talking to herself. It's getting weird. <laughs> but like sometimes saying it out loud. Yeah, talk to yourself in real. private too. Yeah. I sometimes sing to myself. It's easier to get it out when I'm just like singing. What kind of stuff do you sing to yourself? Everything. You to like, like you look beautiful today. Like you are awesome and you're going to do your laundry and it's going to be so great because you need to get quarters, but you'll get your quarters in. You'll finish your laundry on time. And I don't know. Whatever. Just, That's a be- it's super cute. I'm or just like it. whatever you need to sing about. Sometimes it's easier because you're like, oh, that. talking feels so weird, but we sing to ourselves mm-hmm. all the time. A song that someone else wrote, but why can't it just be the song of your heart? So sing your affirmation. Sing, sing your heart affirmations well, yeah, to like, yourself. I mean, think about that. Think about that, vi- that viral 
video of that little blonde girl standing on the sink and she's like, today is going to be a great day. I am amazing. I love my hair. I love my mom. I love my dad. I love my whole self. And it's so good. She's just like standing in the mirror, just like saying these things to her. And it's Awesome. I haven't seen that, but it's I haven't either. <gasps> I know. Oh my we're God. in trouble. We'll include a link in the in the text. Yes, yes. Because you guys <laughs> also, all need to fucking see. But you this. brought up a good point. Like sometimes doing mirror work, like having like the the conversation with yourself in the mirror and seeing it like reflected back, be like, I'm amazing. And you're like, oh gosh, I can see myself see like saying it. And like that can help like actually believing it. It's like reflected back at you. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, I think we're talking about a lot of solitary activities, but like build Find a community when you mm-hmm. feel ready. Like, find a coach like Jamaica. Find a therapist like me. Find a friend like Simone. Mm-hmm. Like, find a group. Find something. Go to Cabaret Consensual. Yeah, go to Cabaret Consensual for more than no. Um, they have month monthly. Every second Saturday. Every three second clubs Saturday. Bye, Hollywood. I've already told a couple of clients about it. So Fab- Tell them to come. Yeah, it's I'm really lovely. excited. It's so interesting, like, doing the show. This is my—it's been a year now. Um, Congrats. We, thank you so much. We have people like after the show and they're like, I didn't know I needed to be here. Mm. Like I've never like walked away from the show like, oh, that was ter- terrible. Like there's always people that are like, this was amazing to see survivors like getting up there and like telling a story, singing a song, doing a dance, stripping. We allow everything on, the, right. on this, almost everything. Um, but like doing the thing to like reclaim yeah. whatever they've been through. Which I think is, again, a testament to there is no one way to recover, to survive, to thrive. It is all, like, you don't know what's going to be the thing for you. Mm -hmm. And you'll only figure it out if if you start feeling, which you shouldn't put pressure on yourself to do, but feeling things out. And, like, yeah, maybe your best friend also was assaulted. But the way that your best friend processes it might not be the way that you're going to process it. And that's totally okay. And, like, don't beat yourself up if you're not. Yeah. If you're not if you're not getting over it the way you think you're supposed to and on then, the timeline that you think is expected. I think it's important too like when we process things, sometimes it's not healthy. Like so mm. being mindful of that like when I was assaulted, I just drank every day. So that wasn't like healthy until I figured out like oh god, there's all these things that I've never dealt with. How did you decide, how did you get to that place? Which part? That you the were like this isn't like, working for me anymore. Yeah. I don't want to drink every day. Um I was tired. Like, really, I was just tired, like, staying up every night. And it, you know what it really was? It took for my mom to be like, I don't know you anymore. Mm. And, like, she didn't know. Like, Did I've your ne- mom know about the no. assault? I don't. I haven't, like, talked about it with, like, my, my family. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, the more work I do, the more— Like, I feel like they understand, like, why I do it. I'm like, I've had my boundaries crossed, but I've never gotten into, like, detail and be like, this one time kind of thing. And mm-hmm. did your mom know about your history with your biological mom? Oh, so my mom is, when I say mom, it's my grandmother. Okay. Got so it. yeah. So she is my mother's mom. Well, Got I it. didn't question mother because I mean, I guess mom can yeah. be anyone. Yeah, yeah. That's why I went. Who is your mom's yeah. figure? So it's my grandparents and I call them mom and dad because that's like James and Cheryl are the best. Um, Yay. And so, yeah. So she knows all the things. And yeah. I feel like having the conversation sometimes, mm-hmm. I didn't want to have the conversation. I'll say this because I didn't want to have the conversations with my family because I know they love me so much. And I didn't want them to take on that burden. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of survivors feel like that. And it's hard for us sometimes in protecting the people that Mm -hmm. we love that you're like, I love you so much that I don't want you to feel this. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, they love me so much that they're open to doing this. Mm -hmm. So that's like a hard struggle that I've had to deal with. And like you said, finding community, like having like my best friends to be like, this thing happened. And they like, 
it's easier sometimes to tell strangers, and I'll, I'll note that as well, yeah. like having a therapist or having a coach or whatever, because you don't want to put that burden on yeah. people. I'm curious if you have any tips for uh, self-care um, while pressing charges and going through that whole process. Yeah, oh, that's really hard. Um, taking time. I think the self-care is taking time, like knowing that this is going to be really hard um, is like the first thing, be like, I'm going to do this thing. Like, feel like Not all, that you have to press charges, but no. if you choose to. Yeah, if you choose to press charges, make sure you have a good support system. Yes, a team. Have a team. Have someone that can have someone. But I also don't someone. want to scare people away from pressing charges who maybe feel like they don't have a team. So how do we... Yeah, I feel like if you're doing it alone, it's going to be really hard, honestly. And I always feel like meeting things with honesty yeah. is better than you getting there like, I'm going to do it and it's going to be great. It's not. It's hard as shit. So, but, so maybe you don't have a team right now, but like there are people out there who do want to be on your team. Yes. Yes. And reaching out to communities, reaching out to someone like Jiminica or even us here at Sluts and Scholars, like... Just have somebody to know what what you're going through, because mm-hmm. I would imagine that it can be really challenging to have to tell your story again and again, to mm-hmm. have potentially your character defiled, um, all of that. So if you have any, yeah, more I think I think that and there's an easy. The I mean, there's so many resources, but like an easy hotline to remember is Rain R A I N N. Yes, so that's a good one for all types of violence. Um, and if you're here in LA. Um, there's you know lot there's meetings all the time yeah for sure but I'm not just talking about like if you are I'm talking about like the nitty gritty of like what to expect if you are choosing to press charges on your assaulter and how like what to prepare yourself for potentially and what is the best way to prevent like a re-traumatization and if there is anything I think prepare yourself to hear anything because they will try to make it seem like you know like it's your fault or like when we always talk about, like, it doesn't matter what the person is wearing. In court, they're going to point out what you were wearing. Yeah. And they're going to recant everything that you're like, no, it's fine. Yeah, they're going to question your character. They're going to question everything. And that's why, like, like we've been saying, like, I know you may not have, and I'm not speaking to anyone specifically, like, you may not have, like, that support system. But if you can get it, like, if you have a lawyer that knows someone, like, resources are out there. And there's people that are just like, I, this, like, for me, that is my jam. And yeah. people are like, I can't believe it. I'm like, I love to hold space for people. If right. you need me to like go in court and like advocate for you and support you and be your person, please, please find me. I want to be your person. Yeah. Because- Sexual assault doula. <laughs> no, really. It's exactly what I do for abortions. It's, it's very interesting. I'm like, I will go to your appointment with you. I will hold your hand during the procedure. I will be at home with you. Like if you're choosing to pass your pregnancy at home, these are all things that like, that's my jam. Mm-hmm. And so- do There's, people look at you like, I can't believe you do that. It's so weird. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. And sometimes they're like, that's so beautiful. And sometimes yeah. it's like, I wish, a lot of times I get, I wish I had had that for my abortion. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think talking about the fact that there are people like you, like me, that are out there to like help you with these potentially very traumatizing experiences that like. You just have to ask. You just have to ask. and Which is hard. It's, yeah. so, it's so fucking, fucking hard. hard. Yeah, like, I, I guess when I say that. you just have to ask, yeah. it's like that's a big thing. That's Because yeah. fu- not only do you have to know, not only do you Where have to ask. to ask, you have to know who to ask, you have to know what to ask for. I mean, you don't really need to, but necessarily to get our help, but that's how it feels like. You're like, people don't even understand what I really get a lot when I talk about what I do is people are like, I had no idea something like that existed. And I think that's probably very true for the work that you do too. Like, I had no idea that there's someone out there 
who is going to just help me be and sit and like work on this with me in like a non-clinical way. Well, if you're listening, please spread the word. Yeah. And I think the big barrier at the beginning too, like you were talking about earlier, is just identifying with that this happened to mm-hmm. you. So I think a lot of people go years yeah. with um, pushing this away, not remembering. Oh, I did for years. Um, dismissing it, dissociating from it. And, and that's normal too. Mm-hmm. So we don't, I don't want to like shame folks who are like, oh, this happened. Like, let's get proactive. No. Like sometimes this will take years to even come to a place where you want help. Yeah, yeah, I talked myself out of it and I was like, oh no, it was fine. We we had been seeing each other beforehand, but no, like I woke up to someone standing over me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, no, like the, you didn't ask for this. I think that's really important for people to be like, none of this is your fault. Yeah. And that's like a great reminder, yeah. like regardless of who says what and what you were wearing and how many drinks you had, it wasn't your fault. Right. And yeah. we, we do try to forget because it is scary. I didn't talk about it That's for years. That's how we survive years. sometimes. Yeah, it's and definitely And sometimes it's survivor. easier to think it is my fault because then there's an element of control. Of mm-hmm. if, if you did something to put yourself in that situation, then if you just don't do that again, it won't happen. And like, sadly, that's not the case because it's the only- I never thought of that. The, yeah. The people yeah. who are responsible for rape are the people who do it or any kind of sexual assault. Yeah. And it is not your fault. And sadly, that means that like- that there you, are scary things out there. There are scary things out there, but there are, there's such a cultural shift that needs to happen. And I think we are starting to like really decry like assault as assault and like allow people. I think a lot of, I think there is an issue of people like not knowing what constitutes assault, which is like really problematic and comes hand in hand with sex ed and mm-hmm. comprehensive sex ed. Um, Maybe we could name a range of things. What? Because we've been talking about it like abstractly, like sexual just the word sexual assault. Yeah, like this can mean a lot of things. Yeah, like Like what can be included? Um, there's everything. Like sexual assault, like assault in general. Like we're talking about sexuality. It can be verbal. It can be mental. It can be penetration. It can just be like touching someone. Um, I feel like there's so. It could be from a stranger. It could be from someone you're dating. It could be from a family member. It could be from anyone. It could be something that started consensually and then it. Wasn't anymore. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many things and people are like, oh, it's well, his penis didn't go into her vagina. So it wasn't like, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. Exactly. The last time I had something happen to me was in December. And that was like the first time I didn't freeze. Mm. I lost my shit in yeah. a San Diego club. Oh, mm-hmm. like someone did something to Yeah, you? like I was like standing there and someone like came up and like slapped me on the ass like five times like really like fast. What? <gasps> like what? Like see exactly. What like, is what is that? <laughs> I'm sorry, not to they laugh. No, to get no, no, in as no. much like, as they could in the time like they insane. had before you kicked but their ass. But then the fact that I like turned around and they were still standing there, I went off. And like when I get mad, I talk really fast. So I gave him a list of what sexual assault, uh, what consent was, and how he has no respect for anyone's body and autonomy and all these things. And he just like stood there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I am now done. And I turned around, I was like, I'm so proud of myself. Yes, good for you. Because you can tell people, like, I can support people in doing these things. But I think it's also, like, something for people to know. Like, you know, sometimes things still come up for us. Like, as survivors, and we're supporting you, like, things still come up. Even not as a survivor, sometimes if something feels scary or vulnerable, like, you do go into that fight, flight, or freeze mode. And Mm -hmm. so you might automatically go into fight, but a lot of people freeze. And I think that's hard, especially for... People who identify as, oh, I'm a strong, independent person. Mm-hmm. 
you might still freeze. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you did anything wrong. Yeah. But I think it's hard to be like, oh, like I, I could have done this. I could have It's not your back. responsibility to like fight back and kick and scream no because whoever is doing something that makes you feel like you need to do that is the person doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Right. But that takes time to feel, to accept that in a feeling way. Like you yeah. can hear that logically, but like, mm-hmm. you know, to really accept it. And I think it's important, like you said, like there is no timeline. And like now I'm just like, like, I go through, like, fight and freeze. Like, uh, it got real tricky in my drinking days. But when days. you fight, you're like, yes. <laughs> well, in my, in my drinking days, I would just fight. Like, there wasn't a freeze because, like, I couldn't think straight. So I just punched a lot of people. Mm. And I think that also was like, you have to stop punching people before you go to jail. You are over 20. <laughs> like, yeah. Ah, prison doesn't sound good to me. Yeah. But, like, it's, you know, there is no timeline. And whenever, you know, you're able to stand up and do the things, and maybe you're not able to, and that's okay. Yeah. Back to like what constitutes um, assault too, I think it's important that we reiterate like taking away the hierarchy of what is like worse assault. Yes. Legitimate rape? Yeah. Well, and, and not just for people who are hearing it, but I think it's something that at least for clients I've worked with, I don't know about you, Jimineka, but like people feeling like for themselves that they don't want to go to a group or they're worried they won't fit in with a because community. Because it wasn't that bad. Because theirs wasn't as bad as other people's stories. Mm-hmm. And that is such a common thing that I think mm-hmm. everyone who's not wanting to go to the group is thinking. Yeah. If, I'm like, if you were not able to say no and you wanted to and they continued on, you're allowed to go to any damn group you need to go to for that support. That's yes. so interesting. I, um, up, until, up until this point, I... I, like, never felt um, comfortable taking on the word survivor, but I guess that counts, too. Wow. I, we all I don't know are. if we're going to Now we're all going to cry. No, but I've never no, felt, that's okay. I've, no, you're like, fucking never felt comfortable saying, like, I am a survivor of sexual assault because it's always, like, the things that have happened to me are, like, not that big of a deal. Like, yes, things I didn't want have happened. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're having and that reaction... To it, and we've talked about like some of the experiences before on past podcasts. Like, if it feels that way for you, then like you're a survivor. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. And I think in this culture too, like so many more people can say that. And I think that that angers some people that are like, oh, now we can't do anything without assaulting someone. Like, I can't even hit on a girl without assaulting her. Like, that's so you know. fucking annoying. People are like, well, I don't know how to talk to people. Talk to people, respect. Yeah. Well, what if someone thinks I'm an, I'm going to assault them? Are you going to assault them? No. Well, then don't fucking worry about it. Yeah. Like if people, someone, if you're behaving in a way that someone thinks you're going to assault them, then like that's on you. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's when people try to do the high. Ooh, I don't really need this anyway. The hierarchy of like, well, it wasn't that bad for me, but I feel like something happened to me that wasn't okay. Then if you want to put that title on, I think it's also important for us to not be like, no, you were sexually assaulted. Like this yeah. is the thing and not forcing anyone to put a label on it, but giving them the option. And like like you said, telling them all the things and being like, oh, it gives them the choice again, like taking control and being like, oh, you know what? I do want to say like, yeah, I was sexually assaulted. I am a survivor. I have been through things. And maybe it wasn't like what happened to this person, it still happened to me and this is my story. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important for people to know. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> what an episode. It's so important. And if you need and if, resources. Yeah, if this brought up anything for you like it did for me. All of us. Um, and for all of us here. But like, yeah, you're not alone. Please reach out to us. Please reach out to Rain. Please reach out to your friends. Um, we'll put a whole list of resources in the text um, and go to um, 
So Jim, S-E-W-J-I-M, if you want to hire Jiminaka. I mean, what other stuff? You offer lots of other services too, like promo yourself. What, oh, yeah. Let's you're talk wonderful. about me. What do you I do? It. I love it. <laughs> um, I'm really bad at talking about myself, actually. Really? Um, what do, yeah. That's uh, why you have your cool manager, Dan. I do. That's why I have Dan. Dan the man. Also, I call them Daddy D. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, we love daddies. <laughs> that's another episode. This episode just took a turn. <laughs> Um, so I, I do love creating classes. I think it's really important for people to um, have conversations. Um, and I'm able to create classes for parents because sometimes it's hard to talk to your kids about sex. Yeah. And like having someone to check in with, I can do that. If you need someone to talk about, like my kid just had this thing. Like my best friend is like, you do know like you're helping to raise these kids. I was like, they are my goddaughters. What do we need? Like mm-hmm. anytime something comes up, she's like, talk to her. Tell her what happened. Um, but able, I'm able to have those conversations. I do want to do more consulting. I have done like some stuff for uh, Fox, but I do want to do more consulting on television and like different types of media because I feel like they have such a large platform. Yeah, and they keep doing shitty things like rape as a plot device. <sighs> <laughs> I said this is you, Game of Big Thrones. Sigh. We're talking to you, Game of Thrones. But then like and like everything else, telling the story so like re-triggering and inaccurate. Like, if you're going to, like, tell the stories, like, give, like, a, an outcome that's, like, yeah, this may have happened, but, like, also, like, how to help people. Yeah. Like, giving accurate sex ed information. Like, stop having all this unprotected sex and videos and stuff. And I'm, like, where the condom's at? Yeah, just, just like, show that. someone getting a condom. That's, that's okay. It. That's it. Just show the condom. People are, like, oh, we had a rapper. No one saw that damn rapper. We yeah. just saw the loud humping in the bed, which we supported, but also, like, also remind people Or even condoms. the conversation of being like, oh, we're not going to use it. Like, a conversation around deciding to use it yeah. or not. It's like little things that I can help you with. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I do a lot of things. And they should hire you on all the shows. I'm into it. To be like, yeah. you know, here's what you can do in this scene. Because we still want to make it sexy. Like, even— it's okay to have a conversation of like, how do we do trauma check-ins and make them feel sexy? Yeah. Like it doesn't just have to be heavy. And yeah. that's okay too. Yeah. I'm a black queer female. Like I, sometimes I'm like, I am a triple minority. And sometimes mm-hmm. you need a triple minority <laughs> to get me. your shit together. <laughs> yeah. Hire me. <laughs> I love like my favorite F words are free when it comes to me receiving like food and like gifts, but uh-huh. I don't do free labor. Yeah. Also my other favorites are food and fuck. Food and fuck, all great. Yeah. But I do want to point that out. Like, you have done an incredible job, like, coming here and talking to us in the context of, like, an agreed-upon conversation where you're going to share the wealth of information that you have, but also that this is, uh, it requires a lot of time and energy and recognizing that and just not expecting. Do you feel like people have, last question, I guess, do you feel like people have taken you less seriously Um for doing the coaching versus deciding to do like your MFT degree? Have you received any pushback from that? No. I think the only pushback is in my own damn head mm. <laughs> because imposter syndrome is real. Yeah. In my life. Um, no, actually, I feel like a lot of people that do like sex ed stuff, they don't go like that route. And yeah. for me, I was like, I have to do this. Like I was like, I have to be a sex therapist. Because then I like got into the world and I was like, I don't. I really don't. Like yeah. I went back to school for me, because I felt like there's so much more, like, about bodies and things and, like, yeah. health and, like, foods and, like, the way the mind works and how people receive information. Yeah. I'm doing that so I feel better and how I can support people better. Mm-hmm. But I don't—I feel like there's not, like, as much. 
I feel like having those letters sometimes, depending on the spaces, people are like, well, what did you do? Like, tell me, tell me all the things. But then when I give them my list of work, like I've been working in mental health since I was 21. So this is my 10th year. People are like, oh, okay. Well, let me see your resume. Oh shit. Like you've yeah. done a lot. And I'm like, I told you. Yeah. Like you don't necessarily have to go to school. Sometimes I find like when people go to school, they don't Sometimes know how to, to do it. you have to unlearn the stuff. So much. That's what everybody says. They're like, you go to school to learn the thing and get the degree. And then in the session or whatever, you have to unlearn. That's hmm. when the real All work starts. Because you're like, I, I did this thing and then I'm ready. And then your client comes in and you're like, what now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is real. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I'm not a therapist. I know. Me and, either. And look how much <laughs> education and knowledge like you've brought to this hmm. podcast. See? Like it doesn't. Probably save money. I mean, I think I'm. Yeah, I'm someone who has gotten degrees, and I can say that a lot of it, I don't want to say it was a waste of time, but like I have had to unlearn and relearn other things that were more helpful. And so. This is so nerve wracking if you're about to start law school and take out like $200,000. Well, and there's more flexibility to do sex education. You can't necessarily be a lawyer without the degree. That's Mm -hmm. true. That's true. Yeah. You you could do things I can't do. And you can do things that I sometimes want to do. I can hug. Yeah. So there we go. <laughs> wow. Jiminy, I'm so grateful that you, you joined us me. this Y'all week. This so was fun. Good. Yay. <laughs> um, no, this is this was a really great conversation, and I'm so glad that you took the time to speak with us and that you had dinner with us at the AVNs. And aside from um, your website, do you want to give out any other social media things where people can um, find yeah. you, follow you? Follow me. Don't stalk me creepily. Um, so Jiminyka and all social media. So J-I-M-A-N-E-K-I-A. Listen to Cute and Black, my new podcast. Oh, yeah. You can find uh, cuteandblack.com. And then we are now on SoundCloud. And I don't know, maybe we're on iTunes now. I know that was coming. Um, and so, yeah, those are like the things right now. And go check out Cabaret Consensual yes. and the work that they do at More Than No. It's yeah. so fun. Nicoletta always says Cabaret Consensual. It's very funny. Consensual. She goes, Consensual. I, like it. I, I love it. Because it sounds, I don't know, that's yeah. fancy. It yeah. is. It's but like Cabaret Consensual. And it's like as Cabaret always, Consensual. If you want to follow <laughs> us and see what we're up to here on Sluts and Scholars, you can find us on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Slut Scholars, and as always, please email us at slutsandscholars at gmail.com. Stay safe. Woo. Thank you.